1: This is where we dig into the vaults and choose an episode from earlier in our shows. This time, we've gone all the way back to season 2018-19 and opted for one of our and your absolute favourites. This is what I had to say about it back then. Do enjoy. Welcome back to The Big Interview. Let me take you into the wonderful world of Ryan Fraser, Aberdonian. A Scottish international flying winger or is he you'll find out maybe he isn't we're going to take a little dance through cooking lessons dressing your dog up in family tartan colors throw in a bit of meditation focus concentrate there'll be bittersweet moments like a win a first win for his current club and what happened at Stevenage it was horrible the influence of his dad Madrid no not Cove Madrid in Aberdeen. Real Madrid and playing against Ronaldo, Fabio Contrao. There are going to be turning points talked about here, like December 27 against Liverpool. Do you remember him coming off the bench, what he did next? Do you remember him being very, very mean to fellow big interview guest, James Miller, by <coughs> causing a penalty? January 2018 against Arsenal. Give him the eyes, give him the eyes, give him the eyes, him the eyes look at my eyes. He's back in the room and the ball's in the net. Hello, Peter Check Crouchy. Man marking Crouchy at the back post. Ryan, five foot four inches, Fraser. Yes, it's true. He'll tell you how you handled the big man. Hello, Peter. Finally, a little too much about yoga on a paddleboard for my liking. Look, lots of stories. An incredibly intelligent, articulate guy. And he'll touch on Pep and Eddie. Why wouldn't he? The big interview is is back because we've had our Christmas holidays and it's quite a strange coincidence because the one that you're all listening to right now is uh, James Milner who committed a pretty notable foul on the man that I'm sitting looking at and talking to right now because we're in uh, Bournemouth, we're at the stadium he's just finished training and uh, we're with... Ryan Fraser, Ryan, thanks for taking a fellow Aberdonian down to this hotbed of football. Is it because it's a little bit like Aberdeen? Is it like Balmady Beach here? Is it, is it or just warmer and nicer here compared to Aberdeen?
0: Uh, yeah, I would say it's a lot warmer. <laughs> when, I, when I go out in cold days now, I always need to wrap up um, now. But um, when I first came down, I used to go out just with a T-shirt on, but not anymore. Because the breed is quite hard in Aberdeen, and people don't understand how flipping cold it is up there, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got the, one of the best beaches that I've seen. But it's too cold for everyone to go down in but well, Can you imagine? Because so, yeah.
1: before you were born, but all the players who won the European Cup Cup, they used to train on the beach mm-hmm. and go and um, help their muscles relax by going into the North Sea, yeah. including in winter. I mean, that was under Fergie. So I suppose you had to do it. But
0: like, could you imagine? Can you? tell people like bits of their toes must have been left hanging off yeah I mean it's I feel it's bad when we do it down here but I remember when I was up Aberdeen asking Neil Simpson what it was like when he was there some of the stories that he'd when they used to just train in the freezing cold the wind nothing sheltering them and then they had to walk over jump into the water full 12 minutes in the water I'm thinking not a chance I'm doing that because it's cheaper
1: than this cryotherapy that I see that all the clubs investing in now where you, all the players are in there and you're in what looks like a sauna but it's blasting you at 50 under, whatever. Yeah. So the North Sea is definitely cheaper. That's probably what Aberdeen liked. It, yeah, 100 say. Yeah, 100%. It's just there in your doorstep. How'd you got them to go in? I, I just... Yeah. It's beyond me. So if I made a comparison between Aberdeen and Bournemouth, can you take us into the, into the car? Because when you come down here, the boss picks you up and drives you around the town to show you Bournemouth, right? To, yeah.
0: That's that's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, getting the phone call and then obviously he's coming Driving around and it's a little bit awkward at first, but best behaviour. Oh yeah, yeah, best manners. Um, Seatbelt. Definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Good. I mean, I jumped in the back to start with. And he's like, "What are you doing? Get in the front." So <laughs>
1: I'm not a chauffeur, sure um, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, he's he's just that's the type of manager he is. It's not all about football. He wants you to feel safe off it, to know what you're coming into your surroundings, and that's why he's a top guy, not just a, a top manager. Yeah, but when you're been driven around... Eddie's obviously, say, you know, Eddie's been on this series. Special
1: guy, we, we get that. We aren't coached by him, but we, we listen to him, we watch him. Mm-hmm. He's a very special man, not just a special football guy. But when you're in a car and you're looking around, what are you seeing? Because, you know, you're, maybe you're tough, maybe you're bright, but you're 16 ish. Yeah. You're on the other end of the country and you must be assessing as you're looking around. Well, can you go back to, to the journey and think, What well, you know, what were you seeing? Because it was obviously the football, the club, and the coach that would make the ultimate decision for you. Yeah. But what was
0: that experience like? Yeah, well, the first thing he showed me was the beaches, so it was nice for me to come down and and see not just the football ground, um, not just the training facilities or or the the football bits, but just off the pitch, show me where the lads most live, just where to to feel comfortable. Um, If I was struggling on the pitch, then he he says, look, they would help me off the pitch, and the first thing that he'd done for me was help me get cooking lessons. So I didn't know how to cook, obviously, being living with my mum and dad up in Aberdeen, and first thing I'm doing is cooking pasta he's like no you can't have pastas every day so just go and, uh, go and get some cooking lessons and that's why I've turned into a decent chef I would say
1: well alright then you've, you've taken me down a little alley best, best dish? Oh, I like a risotto Yeah, maybe a butternut squash risotto oh baby yeah. listen salivating already I like a bit of butternut squash I
0: really do Yeah. what type of rice? Uh, Arab. Is it Arabica? Arabica. So it's just like rice. It expands a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit chewier, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I like it al dente myself. But um, I've I've done. I've cooked for some of the lads, and they've cooked for some of me. And I would say I'm I'm in the top five chefs at the club. So
1: one of the things that makes me curious because we're here because we really admire you. Like evidently watching you is fun as a Scot and an Aberdonian i 'm really proud to see you succeeding in the Premier League, not just here, but when we talk to footballers, you know they often tell us in this year quite unusual things, so for example I guess you didn 't grow up watching Charlie Nicholas because you were age, but you you know of him, you mm-hmm. know him, you know he was a special footballer too, but he's also he was portrayed as being. Absolutely cock of the walk, confident. We sat there and I just asked him what was it like when he came down to London. He was significantly older than you. Yeah. He, when the title was Celtic, he was a Scottish international. He said he was, he was lonely, he was unhappy. He had to call his sister to come down. And I was like, that's really unusual. One here, a Scot, admitting we're not very good at admitting our weaknesses or our flaws, yeah. so we like to hide them. He was saying, no, 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 it was terrible. So, what was the experience of just being away from home or in a new place at 16?
0: Exhilarating, but worrying? Yeah, no, the first thing I'd done was honestly go and buy myself a dog. I did bring someone down with me, uh, a girlfriend down with me, but that didn't last very long. I mean, she got homesick quicker than I did. Mm -hmm, So, But then I had little Maisie that I've got now and I've still got her. And it's just something to go home to. Bad day, good day, she's always going to be the same. So she's happy to see you. And I think... A lot of a lot of lads nowadays just play games, Fortnite, um, PS4s after fr- football training. But you've got that responsibility to not just sit in your house by yourself. You need to go out and you need to walk down the beach with your dog, and then you start looking at lads and they've got dogs, and then you you start making friends with them. So we've got our pre-game ritual, me and Dan Gosling, on a Friday night where we we go and walk the dogs and before a game. And we feel like it's good luck, but hmm. it's just it's that type of the thing that I've i done when I first came down because I have heard stories about loneliness. Yeah, and let's be honest, it's the furthest way I could have got from Aberdeen. I've just heard stories that when you come down, you might be by yourself. It's just nice to have a companion there to to help you through these things. Hey, what, what is Maisie what type of? Uh, she's Yorkshire Terrier, um, nippy and small. Yeah, but she's I'm not one of these where I do dress her up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bit where the player normally says that's off the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes she's got um she's got a couple jackets, but Tartan. Um, oh, yeah, she's got a couple, yeah, she's got a couple. A little Daddy Scotland one as well. So oh, happy yeah, that. uh yeah, we'll probably keep that one off the wraps as yeah, okay. well.
1: we'll, <laughs> we'll OK, we'll play white noise over that. That that will just disappear. I'm really impressed. That was a smart move. In, um, when, can you remember a moment where you sort of went, oh, I really like this place, this is home, or I feel settled, or something happened where it's like you open the curtains and it's not like Scotland, you can see the blue sky, or are you like, I'm a little bit eccentric, but I'm utterly drawn by the sea. Don't give a, don't give a toss about beaches, but I need to have a big river or see near me just to orientate myself I think it's to do with growing up in
0: Aberdeen yeah do, do things like that make a difference to you here yeah I mean if it didn't have the, the beach, we always go back to the beach here because um, we've got it good but if it didn't have that then I would have struggled a lot more I mean I do a little bit of meditation myself okay. so I sometimes go down there and just it's just nice to hear the waves and stuff But um, a lot of footballers are getting into that sort of meditation now. just to So much things going off the pitch that it is um, mentally hard. So I just do that to help myself out. But I would say, first, calling it home... Do you know what people say? When you do well at your football, it comes home and it's nice. So I think the first, maybe... First they came down, I got injured, tore my hip. Um, I'd, I'd done it up in Aberdeen against Celtic. Came back from it, signed for Bournemouth, and I'd done it again. So... I couldn't really get to know the lads so I didn't really feel at home the first couple of months and maybe the next, the next season when we got promoted to the Championship I started playing a little bit more it's probably when I started feeling right this could, this could definitely be my home and mm. I still say to this day after football I would love to come back and retire here yeah. When you talked about uh, your football and, and the impact you made
1: do you remember the first few games because when you started in whatever did one under the championship, whatever. Mm-hmm. You went, sort of, four or five games, debut and whatever, and defeats. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about you and Dan having superstitions, and every football I've met has got superstitions. At That first game that you won was, I think, Stevenage. Yeah. And you, you, you come on and you come off in the same game. But Yeah. Well, that little chunk of five, six games, do you, do you have memories
0: from them? Yeah, I, I remember that game that you've just said. I actually had a conversation with Eddie Howe about two weeks ago about that game, that just remembering them days not all about the good days and at that time I felt so alone I think I came on around the 60th minute and five minutes later Eddie Howe was saying go down fake an injury I was thinking what he's like yeah just fake an injury so I went down he's took me off about 10 minutes later 70th minute and he says oh just like you weren't affecting the game or I don't I made the wrong substitution. So wow! Obviously, from that, I think I was 17 years old or 16. My that's when my confidence went. It mm. took a, it took a massive hit, and I don't think I played much that season um, in League One. And it took just getting a couple games in the Championship the next season to. I think Matt Ritchie got injured as well, so me and Mark Pugh played on the wings and that got my confidence back a lot. But that game sticks out in my memory. I remember it to this day. That that bus journey home, I didn't speak to anyone. Mm. On the phone to my mum my and dad after the game and just thinking that maybe maybe I made the wrong decision here. But yeah, bad moments make you realise not to... Jump too much at the good ones. <laughs> they make you stronger if
1: you're on the on the lines of you know what what doesn't you know kill you makes you stronger. But yeah. you have to be strong enough to to, to cope with it first because coping with that impact of that disappointment and the humiliation not in your situation but mm. when that happens to a footballer oh yeah feels shit It um, doesn't happen to much I can tell you like yeah, I accept that come on then come off I accept that and it's no graham's are special I think your dad's graham yeah you've you talked really interestingly about how he helped you when you were unclear about being given a little bit of either grief or strictness from Eddie about, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. And, and he, your dad didn't just give you fatherly advice, he was quite a good
0: counsellor, or quite a good sounding wall. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, you know what parents are Something's like? They, they, want, they obviously want the best for you, but sometimes when you tell them stuff, they, they agree with you, and you sometimes don't want them to agree with you, you want them to just tell you how it is. Mm. And I think my dad was good like that. I mean, he didn't batter my confidence. He was very good with it. He sometimes went... He sometimes agreed with the gaffer. If I went and says, I don't agree with Eddie here, I don't agree... He was like, yeah, but look, look, don't think it your way. And he he would tell me different ways to think about it Mm. and look at it at the other point of view. And then you start to think, well, maybe it was the right decision. So I think he was very good like that. And I mean, I could tell you so much about my dad, how much he sacrificed. He had a very good job offshore. We used to live in Oman in the Middle East and... He uh, quit his job just so I could come back and and start football no, at age of I think it was about twelve years old I was wow so he used to work offshore in the Middle East mm-hmm. and earning very good money and we were in an English complex um and my mom would look after me and then once he see me kicking a ball about he was like look I'm just gonna just sacrifice the job and we'll go back to Aberdeen and that's when I joined Cove Boys um that that um later on that year and that's amazing yeah and th- now he's just got like just he just. How it works. Just. Because apart from sacrificing the financial
1: side and mm-hmm. security, yeah, his vision of you at such a young age to, to take a punt that... Cause every parent sees their child with some degree of talent, they kind of think, well, could this be good? And then you're like, no, OK, just put away your ambition yeah. be realistic. Like, if there's a chance, let them... But to go like, I'm going to back my son's ability when he hasn't seen
0: enough to think that he might become a professional footballer. That's a big roll of the dice, and it's impressive. Yeah, very true. And he still says today that he would even if I didn't become a professional footballer, he still wouldn't have regretted his decision. So um yeah it's um it's obviously what your families do for you, but when when you look back at that and if he if he wanted to stay out there and earn good money and he might have never sacrificed it, I've never been a footballer. So
1: Do you think about the joy he gets when he sees you nicking past Bellerine and, you know, putting the ball in and beating us like
0: do you talk about that? Yeah, no, he I mean he's he, he texts me every day how I was training did you enjoy it he never asked like, did you do well it's like did you enjoy it he, do, he doesn't care if I have a bad game as long as I enjoy the game and he's, he knows I'm happy then that's all he cares about so but when it is good I remember um, I think he was, he watched my first Scotland goal yeah. and he just broke down in tears mm. and stuff like that and my mum was saying yeah he, he was jumping up for joy and stuff and when that just makes you smile do you know what I mean and when you're doing like, I'm doing quite well this season in the Premier League it's I don't think about the stats and all that. I'm just thinking about, like, my mum and dad's happy, like, my family. I, I don't know if you remember Donald Smith, but this is
1: Donald speaking. I may disagree with this. Ryan wasn't the most talented of the players we had in his age group at that time, but he was by far the most hard-working and determined. I used to see him out on the pitch, used by Cove Thistle most evenings, kicking a ball out with his dad, about with his dad, and working on his skills. Most of his pals were at home playing computer games. But Ryan was out in all weathers kicking a ball off the fence an effort to make him the best player he could be. Mm-hmm. The, those, those tendencies, um, I'm betting, don't come from ambition. I'm sure you weren't out there going, like, I'm going to be a multi-millionaire Premier League player. W- where do those
0: sort of personal tendencies in you come from? It was just a thing that we had such a good little group of players like Graham, Cheney and, and his brother Andrew that we just we went up there and when it was after school, I just remember that my dad would just would say, or I would say to my dad, do you want to just go for a little kickabout? And it, it, it's no pressure. It just it used to be, just we just we my dad used to smash a ball up in the air and then we'd just have a little bit of fun so you can control it the best. I don't know, it's just, there was no pressure on to become a footballer, a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. It was just, I think it's when your mum and dad uh, see you smile and I was obviously smiling, just kicking a ball about it, that they want to do it even more and more and mm. it makes them smile. So, yeah, I think, I remember Donald, he was, we had cove age groups all the way up, um, when my dad came back from Oman, and Donald was the head of it all, and I probably wasn't the, the best footballer there, but at the same time, yeah, I, I agree with him, I think, just going out with my dad every every night was was just me improving, without me realising it. Was it Cove Madrid, if I made that up? Yeah, yeah, we, um... I think that was that was a it's like a little tournament and right. it's uh, everyone just put in their their teams it was nothing serious but it would get serious I mean you try and pick the best best people from Cove like oh do you want to be in my team do you want to be this and we just called ourselves Cove Madrid and we had people uh played in my played at Aberdeen youth teams Lee Ritchie Darren right. Forbes yeah, yeah. um who played started at Cove and we all joined Aberdeen. And um, we just called ourselves Cove Madrid and we just went on to win everything in that little tournament. And yeah, I just, I can't remember, it was like, we just thought the Champions League team in Madrid were like the biggest we could find. So we just gave it Cove Madrid. Victims in
1: 1983 to the Mighty Dandies as well. So maybe that was part of it. But just allow me to fantasize like that. And then, you know, if if you're pardon me being the most obvious link in the world, then I mean, you end up playing Madrid.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all ETF. I'm, yeah. It was, <laughs> Start starting the game and yeah, it was um, Ronaldo scoring a free kick. You, you don't want anyone scoring against you, but when you see Ronaldo's stanch uh, free kick in the top corner, I mean, I was clapping myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> 7 0 down at the time, I was thinking, well done. Well done. Boy, that boy can hit it, he's got a
1: future. Yeah. But, uh, let me reel it back. The word gets out, somebody says, Roman did I come into town?
0: Is, is the, how was it? There was a the message spread. What did that feel like? Well, I mean, when they're shutting down roads, um, they get the whole hotel to themselves of done, I think, at the time everything to get them over. Um, I think, they, I think they even flew another aircraft over just for their duvets and their mattresses so they could all have their mattresses. So it's it's mental. And yeah, when when Ronaldo's coming and we had Marcelo playing, we had, yeah. we, had we had everyone Modric, yeah, Kadira. Yeah, it was. I mean, they didn't come over with a, like a, a reserve team. They played everyone. So when when you're looking at them on the pitch and. Lope, Diego Lopez, Carvajal, Nacho, there's an obvious question
1: coming. Pepe, Cuantrao, uh, Modric, Kedira, Ronaldo, Isco, mm-hmm. Osil and Benzema, which is, was their starting 11. Which side were you asked to play on, and who were you up against? I was against control. control. OK, that's yeah. better of the two, complete, C- C- Carvajal, I'd say. Yeah.
0: You know, you, what was the experience like, football-wise, mentality-wise? I just wanted to treat it like a normal game, if I was honest. We knew they were going to have loads of the ball, like yeah. you do, but... Yeah, I, do you know what? I actually played. All right, that game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was our was it our first championship season, or it might have been our second championship season. I think we played them, and it was so sunny. I just remember, and I think there was more Madrid fans than there was Bournemouth. I mean, it was just it was incredible. And I don't know. I I, I think I thought I actually done well that day. Um, take away the scoreline, but just playing playing with these against these guys. I've never felt anything like it. Space where I thought I was going to get space, you don't get space. Just the quickness. You think I sometimes feel like, oh, the big teams like they slow it down and stuff, but the speed they play at is incredible. And to get their best players on the ball, they've always got ways to get their best players on the ball, which I love because obviously you want your best players on the ball, and it's not as easy as just right. We'll give it to them. Just the movements they make to to create space for them.
1: I I saw you recently comparing um, Eddie Howe and and Mm Pep. You're reading one of the Pep books, I'm not sure which one. And um, what were the
0: comparisons? The hard work, the in-depth analysis of every little detail of you know what they're going to bring and we know what we're going to bring. Small runs that might affect the other team's movement, um, space, just everything. And I I just remember... um, Rondos, um, the boxes, it's yes, Rondos, yeah, um, huh. uh, and just most teams I've ever seen is about getting megs, about just dilly-dally, it's just like a roll your foot on the ball type thing, but when I read the book and read what we do here, it's not just play around, it's, now this is going to improve you, um, fast ball speed, um, one touch... Um, pass appreciation, it was everything, reaction to get into the box, not just jog in, it was you sprint in after you've lost the ball. And that's what the Barcelonas, the Man City now, we're best at, the Bayern Munich's is reaction press. When the top players lost the ball, they don't just, oh, I've lost the ball, they get it back, and they get it so high up the pitch that that's where they score a lot of their goals from. But you share a mentality with,
1: with Eddie, it's really clear that there's an affection and an affinity, uh, but you see that... that isn't just because he's found a really important player for his team that wins in points and scores goals and makes yeah. goals there there seems to be some affinity between the way you
0: both think about life and think about football and analyse things yeah definitely um, but that started when I just first came down to getting me cooking lessons taking me out for, for meals when I was alone and I think it's, it's 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 obviously helped me it's he's yeah it's um we do think of football clearly um, we have we, we, not for it to say we sometimes hug each other in the morning instead of just a handshake. It's just I don't know. It's just it's that quite a continental thing. That's not you know. I don't think it's very British. It's no, it's not. not yeah, it happens,
1: but like it's very continental. Yeah,
0: and it's like even just he'll speak to all his players. Um, but like yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have a joke with him. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's just one of them that we we are we are close. We do think football about the same way I I I think personally, and we know how much it means. To win games and yeah, even even off the pitch, he's 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 a family guy. I'm I'm quite quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes to keep himself to himself, and I'm I'm exactly like that. I like to keep myself um, to myself and just yeah, just be the best I can be. And I think he wants to be the best he can be as, as well. I think he, some managers, the main thing is a lot of managers is to get obviously the three points to get the wins. But I think we do so much here about. Um, making yourself better, mm. manners, the small things that people don't realise, but will go a long way. Your thank yous, people might think, oh, like, you know I mean, you don't want to be known as one of that um, arrogant people. Arrogant. Yeah. yeah. So you can, you can be nice off the pitch, you can be nice on it, as long as you've got that little edge to yourself, but mm. I just you don't want to be known as not a nice person. The way you phrased
1: it is it doesn't actually take much, those little touches yeah. can, can change people's attitudes that can, you know, inspire love and devotion. Yeah. And it isn't hard to do. No, it's not, And no. he told us about when he was at Burnley and his sheep herding, which I think didn't go all that well. <laughs> but then he then there's a list of going through paintballing, karaoke, I don't know what. And he says, I've been through it all, team bonding and mm.
0: team building and all that and stuff. What? what you Following off paddle boards yeah. is one of the... A lot of times, yeah. yeah. Um, we've, we've done indoor bowling uh-huh. which the <laughs> lads were like hmm maybe this is not us but when you get there that competition edge just yeah. kicks in and then you don't think about what you're doing it's like it's all about let's just win we've done that we've every pre-season every even small things we, we sometimes go down to the beach to have some breakfast with each other it's easy to get the chefs here to cook your breakfast but you don't eat together sometimes mm-hmm. so he gets everyone to, to come down at the same time go down to the beach we sometimes get our massage down at the beach obviously it's, it's nice get some food together um, just walks together it's yeah everything he does is to to get everyone involved and if somebody is feeling out get the new lads in like mm. um, uh, Kleine and, and Dom just straight away first meeting it's easy just he gets them gets them up on the board he says let's all cr- congratulate them on the move and clapping them and then they feel you get, they get a buzz you can see it and yeah, it's it's nice, and you just I think with the team bonding things, you just everyone feels a part of it. And when you've got a good team morale, you see a lot of clubs are not a good team morale, mm-hmm. and it it does help you. You fight hard for each other. You sometimes if, if somebody's out of position if you didn't do all this stuff you might think I'm not going to maybe do his job but because it's not just a teammate he's your actual mate you're like all right I'm going to do that for him I'm going to put that extra yard in to tackle and make him look good as well as me so it's just this the small things that people don't think of that he's done to us a very small club Mm -hmm. with you could say uh, through the years he's had he's took players from league one and playing in the in the the premier league now he's, he's obviously made them better as players but he's Personally, he's made them better as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that team morale and fighting for your mate is, is so big at this club that, that I think that's why we've done so well. I was struck by the, you know, obviously you're too young to have seen it, it's a knockout, but like
1: yoga on paddle boards in the sea, that like, just seemed to me like as if it was set up as a piss take. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think I mean, in my own interview, i would be honest about that. But like, um, there was a tale from one of your lads, I can't remember whom, I think that was, was that Chicago? Yeah, it was, Did yeah. you go golfing in... Yeah, we went. Um, yeah, we go golfing all get, the time. Did, yeah. did you nearly get smacked in the head by a random golf ball?
0: Yeah, that was. Do you know what? I think that's my, when we went to Dubai that one time as a team bonding thing, and we we went and just golf. Top of the lads was just hitting golf balls, and so many people nearly got hit in the head by golf balls. Oh. It could have been carnage, but um, yeah, I would. I would agree myself. The paddle boarding thing was. I can't say I enjoyed that one, if I'm honest. I spent more time in the water than I did on the paddle board, and then my, my float went off, and then I was drifting off to sea. And I was thinking, ah, if I I can't I can't do this. Gaffer, I'm out. Yeah, it ain't cheap riding, that's to be
1: said. I have to be cliched and take you to sort of two or three extraordinary games.
0: What stays with you from? Let's start with the Liverpool game. Gave me that I didn't think that maybe I was good enough to be in the Premier League, and that game, I think. Not only did it show fans that I was good enough, it showed me, more importantly, where I didn't maybe believe I was ready for it. But that game, I came off it, and I, first I came in, the gaffer was like, everyone just started clapping. When you're walking in, you're thinking, Boah, like maybe, yeah, goosebumps, and yeah, maybe the fans don't believe, and then I didn't believe, and now I do. But when your teammates believe that that you're good enough, then that that's even better. Mm. But yeah, I just I just remember just coming on. And the gaffer just went, look, there's no pressure on you, just you do what you do. Just go and take him on, try and get us up the pitch, try and make a difference. And yeah, I did that. And it helped the first, I think it was the first minute I got past Milner and he took me down for a penalty. And I think that was, that just gave me two more yards in my step. And then the game just unfolded from there where everything was going right for me. The cross that that was probably a rubbish cross. Cookie done unbelievable. That If he was a striker, that would have been talked for for years. <laughs> it's a Ballon d'Or goal. Yeah, it was unbelievable. His touch was the best touch I think I've seen in a long time. And then the finish. Mm-hmm. And then just the whole th- I think if it finished 3-3, it wouldn't have been talked about as much. Like me coming on and... I was involved in all them three goals mm-hmm. but the fourth one and get to get it so late and the celebrations I just remember Frano just basically his hands everywhere I didn't even know what his celebration was he didn't even score but um, just the fans going mental and knowing that we won the game and it was a tricky tricky run before that yeah it was yeah, one of the best feelings I've ever had in football So when you go back you've got quite a thoughtful mind mm-hmm. and you've described like for example I think anybody
1: who's played any sport something goes right for you quickly whether it's a penalty or a goal or a first touch you get
0: a surgeon, But do you look back and say, why that day? Why did things come together that day? I think, it might sound weird, but I think hard work. I wasn't playing much before that. Uh, I was out of squads and I actually played against Peterborough a week before it for the 21s. Um, I just asked to play me and Mark Pugh. Mm. Um, you don't need to play in games, the 21s games. It wasn't at home. We had to take a bus up, I think it was five hours. And me and Pew just said to each other, look, let's go and do this. Like, let's go and just get a game. Let's go and, show that we've got good attitudes, mm. that we're not just gonna stay and train and not care that we're not playing. Let's go and get some game. And yeah, it helped me because people don't realise training is training and it training's very good. But games, it just gives you that little bit of awareness of where you are on the pitch. Training that you could do all passing, shooting and you expect to come on a Saturday and you think, right, I should be good. It doesn't work like that. Mm. When when you're on a pitch and you've got that game situation, pressures even if it was a twenty ones game, it was you're still a pressure to play good. Um, show the young lads that to have a good attitude, to to work hard, not just go there and sack it off. Mm. And I think just I think all that the attitude and the yeah, just the whole thing, I think it was just maybe, maybe fate, just I went there and luckily for me it's went it's went right for me. A few weeks later, the Arsenal game. Yeah. It's big also.
1: I wanna ask you because now to correct me if I'm wrong, but you score in the Arsenal game. Mm-hmm you come in off the left. You're kind of heading towards Czech's yes. front post. And you do him. You talk him up by kind of pretending you're going to... It's my that's, memory, anyway, yeah, that yeah. it's going to might go across. You're looking, you're looking away, you're not. Yeah. And we were looking at goals recently. I can't remember which goal it was. I don't think it was a Leicester goal. But you ran onto the ball, and you, you show the eyes to the keeper that's going there, and you hit straight. Yeah, and for again. Yeah, Watford yeah. it, it was. Yes, of course yeah. it was. One... You you think about your finishes, don't you, or something, they're not just like, I don't know how it went in, you know what you're doing, and I think you do, goalkeepers, you do trick them with your your eyes, don't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Arsenal one, um, just the whole situation before it, outpacing probably one of the quickest people in the Premier League, in Bellerin, and then coming in I just thought I was going to cut it back to junior I remember seeing junior and I'm thinking no, I'm going to change my luck here <laughs> I think, and after I've just outpaced Bella, and I'm thinking no, that can't be right is this is going through your head as you, just as you've done it, yeah, I've, everything, I've done yeah. it. did you mention the stress sense as you were flying by was, <laughs> things were going too quickly I, I did not even know what I was doing to be honest <laughs> that's what happens me normally out on the pitch I don't know what I'm doing but, um, nice. and then no just, yeah, I just I just seen Chet coming out and I'm thinking right the only way this is going to go is if, if I just hit it low under him and his legs were wide and I'm thinking right that's only place it can go and lucky for me it's went in and the, the Watford game just yeah I, I sometimes love going in that corner mm-hmm. and then, oh man you what, you that bend yeah, off the left I, I and lo- bending yeah I love it so what? and then Beautiful. I always give it the body shape and I just thought no I'm just going to change it up here and just opened up my body but at the same time and looked there and just, just kind of traversed it back do you know, <laughs> you, do you know who does that
1: Pedro I mean no nonsense about <laughs> we're in the middle of the transfer market now so none of that nonsense but you got one day um, <laughs> no, as, a, I don't, as a concept or, no, 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 no. the Premier League is outstanding, this will do for me all my life. But it, it, just as a,
0: an idea. Uh, no, I'm not trying to say the easy answer, yeah, but I, I've never really thought about it, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, I don't really like thinking about the future, because I think if you think about the future, then a lot of things can go wrong in the now. So I just kind of think, right, where I'm, where I'm playing now, if I can do my best, then situations will arise where you can make that decision. But I feel like if you think about the future, then th- that decision probably won't come because you're thinking mm-hmm. about it too much, and you're not thinking about how to to get there. You're thinking about oh, I'm, I'm there now. So um, yeah, I, do, I I do love the La Liga, the the way they do. Just, you watch it a bit? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, It's just um, their touches, their it just it looks better. Um, <laughs> it just I don't know what it is. It's just even the the, the lower teams, they play that football where. Just looks nice. It's effective, and there's obviously you get kind of different types of teams in the Premier League where some are long balls, some are both, some are that you just football, football, and the ground, ground, ground. But I just love the league. It's just football. Um, but maybe you never know. One day, you never know.
1: No, no, I wasn't angling for something, but I had imagined it was a brand of football that you probably enjoyed oh, do, yeah. uh, watching. And one of the things that they do over there is is something you do, and I got my notes here. And you talk about, um, you know, because I would say he's a winger. And again, while we did our research, you play in the field quite a lot. You come in, you've got a lovely pass, you've got an idea about how to create room, the people run, it's very clear, you put it in the channels. I've also seen you playing what seemed to be second striker 10. Mm-hmm. You look more than comfortable in both. Clearly you played, we knew about right wing back or right back whatever you want to call it yeah. we're reliably informed left yeah, no, as both. well yeah, yeah, what played, the yeah. bloody hell <laughs> I've seen you talking here You know, pre-season I played right back my first game number 10 in the second game right midfield in the third left midfield in the fourth go okay, keep okay, You okay know. <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. just leave that for the future yeah. but what are you? My 100% favourite position is left mid midfield so define that do you mean like in a four and therefore
0: a modern version of a left midfield winger or a left mid of a three I'd love to be a, a left midfielder as a forward, a forward three. So, like, I, I, I do like staying wide sometimes, but I kind of like being in the pitch yeah. because you've got so much more opportunities to shoot, get goals, and even, even your passes. If you're narrow, and there's so many passes, that if you're, you can, you've got the wide man, um, your full back, or, or you've got the, the weak side of the pitch because the balls just came over, so they're all over at my side. But I feel like sometimes when you're out in the wing... It limits your, firstly, touches, mm-hmm. because it's harder to get out there. And secondly, you, you've got less options. So, um, um, Partly because of the geometrical thing about well, there's a line, right? Yeah. See, literally,
1: people forget. I yeah. think if they don't analyse people, those who view it, they're intelligent enough to know it. But
0: if you don't stop, there's a line there. Yeah, you can't go left. No. You can't go right. So, so there's a, a channel or a tunnel. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I used to play right midfield and, or, or right wing I just don't feel natural. It just didn't feel natural to me. Um, I got a, I got a lot of assists from from the right, but just didn't score from the right. Well, I feel like on the left, I can I can do both. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've played. Um, I mean, I played it this season as well, um, quite a bit as right wing back. I can't say I like it, <laughs> but again, I'm the type of player that if I get told that I'm not saying anything. Do you know what I mean, I just do my job and just try my best, and what will be will be. I, played, I remember last season where I played um, right back against Stoke in a four and next thing I know Peter Crouch is hanging on to me and he's just drifting on to me and I'm like no, no you get yourself <laughs> back over there and he just kept looking round at me and I'm just like don't even think about it <laughs> next cross he's coming on to me and I'm like oh no but um, yeah uh, I've, I've left wing back against Chelsea I'd, i played centre mid i played ten quite a bit um, yeah I'd wherever I'm told to play, I like to, yeah.
1: But we're talking here about what's inside Ryan Fraser's brain, your preference, where you think your abilities flourish. And it's evident from your attitude and how you play that. If you're told yeah. you do a job and you do it the best of your ability, I, I, I get that. Not yeah. every player feels that way, mm-hmm. but it's clear you do. But I'm much more interested in what you, wh- how you think about what you might do in those positions and which might become your best.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say right now, I'd love to say that I'm, I'm left of three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got, obviously, your three up front and your three in midfield. But I think maybe one day that I will try and become a ten. Ten, yeah, yeah. I knew that's where you were going to Yeah, I'd, go. I'd
1: love to... I'd love to, you've got, you, to me, looking
0: at you, do you have all of that? Well, yeah, I, I try. I try. And what, what I like about the gaffer here is in training, he stops every position. So every player plays every position in training. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obviously up to you if you take it in, mm-hmm. um, if you want to take it in and become a better player. But I like to think that versatility in a player is is big in the modern game. If you can just play one one position then I don't think it helps you at all. No. You might be very good at the position, but in the long run I don't think it's going to help you. Where I think if you can play every position and be versatile it's it's perfect and that's that's what we do out in the training pitch center mids when I'm sometimes you know I played center back sometimes mm-hmm. and I just try and learn. Yeah. But yeah, if, you, if you're asking me what I'd prefer, I'd love to play left of a of a three right now. But in the future, 100 percent number ten, Crouch, you you can't become six foot four no. when you're in that full
1: back position. And he goes, "I'm going to go and pick on him. Let's see what will happen." Or if the ball's lofted and I'm coming into the near post, he he can't actually he,
0: so. What do you do in that situation? Tell the other side to stop crosses <laughs> and shout at them a lot if they do let the crosses come in. But personally, I just... I remember Steve Cook was playing next to me and he was like, look, the only advice I can give you is don't let him get the run on you. It doesn't mm. matter how big he is. Like, anyone, any size, if you've got the run on you, you're done. So I just went tight to him and without fouling him... A little lean. Yeah, without yeah. fouling them because these yeah. days you never know what's a foul in the box these days. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I just kind of... Grabbed him a little and just kind of like tried to push him away from the goal and um, it did help me, he did win a couple of headers I'm not going to lie, it weren't like headers that were in goal it was more knockdowns but I just, that that little bit of help from Cookie helped me massively because if if so I would have just stood off him, he would have just got the run on me. And I wouldn't have had a chance. But because I was trying to get a little bit aggressive with him without trying fouling him too much, and I think the ref looked at me that day and went, I'll give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Felt sorry for me. Exactly. But, um, so, yeah, that helped me out as well. So um, it was a game that I learned so much from because I learned as well, when a winger is running at me and I had no help from my, my right winger. And I was thinking, wow, this, this must be like Adam Smith. Normally, this must be. And I'm thinking, if I don't help him, this is how he feels. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm not having any of that. Yeah. So that's made me more um, modest at tracking back, tracking back my runners and doubling up with my fullback instead of just letting him die with a 1v1. So that I think that, and I think the gaffer deep down knew that would help me as well. Mm-hmm. And the 1v1 defending, I feel like, I think my best 1v1 defending was I played right wing-back against Chelsea in the 3-0 game we won at Stamford Bridge and I remember I had Hazard up against me and I think that's the best 1v1 defending I've ever done.
1: Did you feel that, apart from pride in the performance and the result, did you enjoy the battle? Because you seem to be somebody who will be really engaged in the battle and if you're doing any job of work... Not just Premier League footballer And you feel like God this is a test But I'm managing it I'll watch out for this And you're, you're really
0: engaged Yeah Just in human terms It's a really satisfying feeling oh, 100% I just remember I was disappointed not to play Obviously in the front three um, Against Chelsea away And We're scoring three goals At Stamford Bridge That's amazing And you're thinking Wow I could have got I could have got that goal But I just remember After the game or just before the game was away to finish with three 0 up, we knew we were going to win the game. I just shouted over saying, "Let's keep a clean sheet." That's one thing I've never said before. <laughs> I just, I just want to score goals, and obviously I want the defenders to do well. But I just remember shouting, "Let's keep a clean sheet, lads!" They just looked over and thinking, "Is this Ryan here?" I don't think this is Ryan playing right wing back. So I just, yeah, I just like that different. Obviously, you love a battle, and when you come out on top, it's even better. But to do it against a big team, against a player on my side that you could say is one of the best in the Premier League in the world. It was just that feeling after was uh, very nice. There's a little Yorkshire Terrier in a Scotland strip about
1: 15 minutes drive from here, waiting for you. So very unusually for me, I'm going to shut up. (laughs) Except for saying that was outstanding. I've learned a lot.
0: Thanks for taking so much time. No, thank you.